Hello and welcome to Straight Dude Date Night, a show where two straight dudes go out on a date and review it. My name is David Stallings and I am one of the straight dudes. And I am the second straight dude, <laughs> Ricky Rivera. So happy to be here, David. Thank you for having me. Always. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. It's important <laughs> to to say thank you and to hear being thanked, right? Oh, Which yeah. is not what happened at the theater today. Nope. No. It was never thanked once. We were not thanked. We are a part of we're not sponsored by AMC. I gotta remind everyone. We're not sponsored not by sponsored. AMC. Not Could sponsored. Not sponsored. Want to be. It. Hit us up. Please. Until then, we're gonna we're gonna roast you. We're gonna roast you. We go to the AMC right up the road for a fantastic movie going experience. I'm so excited. My, my weekly routine mm -hmm. of movie. And we are now used to a higher level of movie-going experience mm. where they thank us specifically before the movie. They say to our A-list members, mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. You keep the building in motion. You keep, you pay for the electricity here. Yes. Your your ticket, or your $20 a month, which is equivalent to almost a literally one ticket. Mm-hmm. Is what keeps the lights on and pays the bills. There is, there is, there's one kid out there mm -hmm. who ate a meal tonight because of your contribution. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I did not get thanked today. We did not get thanked before this movie started. We did <laughs> not get our thank you before the film. And you know what? That irked us a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I will be. I might take it out on the banana meter. Mm -hmm. um, no offense to the movie. It's just I expect the. Higher standard thank you to our A-list members. Mm -hmm. I stand up. I bow. Mm -hmm. I let everybody in the theater know you are welcome. Absolutely. And if you are an A-list member, please, why are you not standing? We both stand. We start we waving our hands at yeah. people. We hug. Maybe. We hug. It's a huge exchange, experience. Exchange entourage memberships. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I put them in my entourage. I'm in theirs. Yeah. We book movies together. It's, it's a huge ordeal, and tonight they wouldn't let that happen. Nope. Until we are sponsored by AMC, these roasts are uh, open to happening, and tonight they've truly screwed up. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I will never forget it. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And uh, I'm sorry to BJ Novak for what I'm going to do to this movie <laughs> because of it. <laughs> yeah, put us in a sour mood. Before <laughs> we sound like such jerks right now. <laughs> uh, so today we went and saw the. A uh, film called Vengeance, which is B.J. Novak's uh, directorial debut. Uh, you may remember him as Ryan from The Office. Mm -hmm. He does other things like directing and writing and producing and being the lead actor in this film that we saw today. Mm -hmm. uh, Ricky, before we go in, before we go into it, I want to know your how do you feel? How do you feel after seeing this movie? I feel. I think high. Okay. I just I, I as I was leaving, I was trying to process what they were saying. And I, I would I just want to know how much marijuana was purchased <laughs> when writing this movie. Right. Absolutely. And I think it might have worn off. Like I worn off onto me watching it. Like there was there was something in the air in the theater yeah. while this movie was going. Is there second hand high visually? Is that probably because I think that's what happened. It felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. I mainly feel like my heart is heavy for some reason, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> like, there's a big weight on me. 
That's the vengeance. I guess that's the vengeance inside of me. Like, I don't know. It it pulled on it pulled on some strings. It had a lot to say. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm in a weird limbo right now. Um, for those who don't know what this movie is, uh, or don't plan to see it, or whatever, there were like five people in the theater. I don't know anyone who's seen this film. It's listed on AMC as an artisan film. Which mm-hmm. just means that you are put in the theater in the very back of the building with yes. like twenty seats. Yeah. Um this movie was basically about a guy in New York who's kind of a player and he's very involved in hookup culture and he is a writer. He's trying to be a writer, right? Or he's working on a story for a podcast, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a writer of, of sorts. I don't know if they really get too specific i think they showed a book early on but that's not enough not the point generally he's a writer and he's trying to create like his magnum opus uh and it's a podcast as in like there's no there's an organization that makes like the crime drama uh podcasts and he gets a call uh from the family of one of the girls he hooked up with that she died and uh is asked to come out to texas to attend her funeral and then learns that the family does not believe that it was actually an accident and that she was in fact murdered. Um, the whole movie is kind of like this weird detective process from a guy who's not a detective in a very small town in Texas with a lot of just kind of uh, interesting morals that he starts to learn along the way as he's a very emotionless person. Does, do you think that summed it up well? I feel yeah. like this is always going to be the hardest part is summing up the movie. <laughs> I think that was fair. I, that's yeah, that's what happens. That's what happened. Ashton Kutcher is also in the movie. The guy from the detective from Narcos is also in the movie. He was Ashton very fun. Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. You is, spoiled the ending. He's I, in the movie. He's in the movie. Oh, my. He's in <laughs> no. the movie. He's in the opening credits. He's in the movie. He is in the look, movie. Look, OK, he's spoilers now. You, you've you been listening for four episodes. At this point, you know. As soon as Ashton Kutcher shows up back on screen at the end, immediately you're like, ah, I forgot about him. Yeah, he Clearly did. he did it. Yeah. Clearly he killed the woman. The big right? name actor needs to do it always. Yes. <laughs> I, I wasn't the only one who had that feeling, right? Yeah, like as no, soon I, as he came on screen. As soon as he came on screen, you just knew. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we I say we just dive in. Yeah. Let's go. We're riding this vengeance story. I genuinely don't know how I feel from this movie right now. I almost feel accused too. You know, you like, like you're accused, like no, you did it. Well, they talk about like everybody's got to have their voice. Like they're kind of making fun of podcasts, and I, I felt personally attacked by that Th- for a minute. That's it. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> now I'm offended. Yeah, they were like talking a lot of smack about that, but it, it it's true. I mean that. It really is like everybody has a voice to tell, and that's kind of all you're left with is recordings of your voices and stuff like that. Yeah. And memories. I mean, I've known people literally who like I have a friend who started a YouTube channel, and the only reason he started the YouTube channel is because his dad died, and he had no good stories for his dad, mm-hmm. so he wanted to have videos for his kids to have one day. Yeah. And so, like, I think they kind of touch on like that aspect of like, you know, everybody wants to have some piece left behind mm-hmm. like and this is the piece that you're working on and that that's that's kind of what bj no- novak really is doing he's yeah just, he just wants some piece that can be known by everybody to everyone mm-hmm. i did this look at me which yeah. is ironic because the whole time every promotion we've seen is filmed directed <laughs> produced 
<laughs> written <laughs> by BJ Novak and starred Look, BJ Novak. It's the first trivia fact on IMDb. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. If that's the society that we live in, may as well live it up. Like, really dive into it. If you have the opportunity, put your name on everything. Yeah. Right? I think that might be why I feel kind of, like, somber after this film. Because a lot of the stuff that they talked about in it was really true and kind of painful to be reminded of. And they go into a lot, like, part of the movie is kind of, like, the main character, Ben, is, he's from New York, and there's a perception he immediately has of people from Texas. So when he's told he has to come to Texas, there's a bunch of ideas he has about that. Yeah. And eventually that truly comes up, and they talk about, like, that kind of mentality and this assumption with people that are from Texas or from the middle of nowhere, or whatever, <laughs> that they're like conspiracy theorists and all of that. But there is some, I forgot where I was just going with this. Uh, I've totally, uh, my, my, br <laughs> there, I guess I'm just saying the conspiracy theorists, but not where I was going I was, with I it just, at all. I watch you so deep into thought Literally and my just look at the window and just think, it's what? gone. It was just <laughs> gone, dude. Like, you tried to keep up with the pace of the writers. That's I guess did. so, and it didn't work. You were trying to outright the writers. That's I guess what I'm so. There was a specific line that I just completely spaced on. We just saw this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to process. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good quips back and forth between mm -hmm. them, and I I applaud B.J. Novak for that if, mm -hmm. if, because that and that's why I say like I feel like I was high because. They they just start going on things that, like, I think only the people who see life that way and, like, they they use drugs to feel like, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. life is just so much deeper than life. Do you know what I mean? Everything right. means everything to everybody, but nothing is everything. <laughs> but it's like, what? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, what what does that say? mean? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what? Nothing is. It, what, he says nothing is. is uh, nothing is. Anything. anything. I think you said yeah, anything. Nothing is anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, listening to that, I was like, bruh. Like, you know, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Very he seemed writing. like he was high in the scene, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, like he's, the, he's the opioid dealer. He's the opioid dealer. I don't, I don't know. It was such a... One of the things that we were just talking about before we started was that the one of the biggest themes of the movie was just... Um, exploring this idea of just the true emptiness that comes with a lack of intimacy or mm -hmm. caring about people in your life. And that's the whole, like Ben's arc in the movie is actually very meaningful. Uh, and I think a lot of people would connect with it, at least in our, in our demographic now, like in the generation that we're in, I uh, have a lot of friends who are in the same kind of culture. Uh, and truly I'm, more power to you to do what you want, but ultimately a whole facet of this movie is realizing what it's like to be cared about yeah. uh, in a truly deep way. Like he, he almost dies at one point, like his car gets blown up uh, and comes out of the hospital and is shocked that these people he just met a couple of weeks ago that he's been living with and that are kind of, they are treating him like family are, they are there yeah, and they're like so happy that he's okay. And that moment really hit me, of like, that was 
for is for the character that was an eye-opening moment i think of like oh this is what it's like to have a family and to be cared about and i care about them too like i loved that arc of this film yeah yeah i, I think that that i mean that right there was the story like that you know the he even towards the end even describes that like i'm the story like you know realizing that i'm the reason she's maybe i'm not the reason specifically but like mm-hmm. This kind of mentality of I'm going to go dive deeper into the life and figure out it's did it start with the family? Did it start with this? Mm-hmm. Like that alone has already instigated so much of like how much hurt you've already included. Mm-hmm. Like even even Ashton Kutcher at one point talks about, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be the bad guy. But how long will I be the bad guy? When yeah. people start to realize you kind of just took advantage and profited off this family, which is, you know, it's, it's every true. documentary now on Netflix is the exact same way. Of yeah. Like who killed this person? Yeah. Millions. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, I, I mean, and th- I think that's the reason why he deleted everything. Obviously is it's just like, he realized like, you know what you win, you actually do win being the guy who killed her because mm-hmm. now you've, you've completed the arc. Yeah. And it's like, if I let this get out, this is just going to keep revolving and this family will always be involved in conspiracy theories and this and that, like this family will never not be known for this one thing. The family will be nothing but characters that were of exactly a big story. Characters are a big story. But in reality, this is your point where, you know, the story is about Ben realizing what it's actually like to be loved. Mm -hmm. He's realizing, Oh no, this is just a family. Yeah. These are real people. These are real people like who just genuinely, they hate where they live and love it at the same time because it's their life. Yeah. And there's some parts of the movie that I thought were interesting too, of he's just trying to, he's just trying to inquire about what life is really like for them. And there's a whole scene about Whataburger. They're all (laughs) huge fans of Whataburger. And he's like, but why, why do you, why do you go there? Why, what do you get? And they're like, dude, it's, that's just, it's always there. It's always there. It's a wonderful time. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's just, I, the scene where they are at the Whataburger, I think is a very fun scene because it's just a family hanging out. to get hanging out. And it's a very loving time. And I think that's really interesting with this movie. I really think the characters were, it's ironic that now we're like the characters. <laughs> for, yeah. um, but the characters of this movie, I thought were very interesting. And very unique, each of yeah. them. Um, like, you could definitely connect with someone throughout this movie. Um, I There were just a lot of, like, heavy truths that were dropped. <laughs> yeah, it. like the ghost thing was crazy of, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're only scared of ghosts because you because it's, it's the thought that, that you'll never see that person again, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, that's what scares you, not the fact that they're ghosts. Like, it would be so cool to actually have ghosts. Like, imagine if a ghost was real. Yeah. So, like, all that was kind of... And that's the part where I was thinking, I was like, dude, this is some elaborate thinking here. Yeah. Um, they were going deep. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, the and, and again, like, we were saying, like, you know, they're talking about, like, Whataburger, it's just there. I could relate to that so heavy. Like, mm-hmm. that's Chili's. Chili, it's just that's our there. Chili's, it's Chili's just there. is wonderful. It's just there. That's the reason we go to Chili's so much. Is it's like, it's not that Chili's is the best. In fact, most of the time the service is the worst, and something is messed up. Yeah, but it's there. It's a wonderful time. Like this is where me and my friends go mm-hmm. because I enjoy you guys and I enjoy the time we spend here. Yeah, 
I have great memories. And that's the thing. It's the same thing. You know, like they, they get it. That's like, the, that's when you get to those deeper connections because he, Ben is, his whole life has been in New York. So he's used to just like on to the next thing, on to the next thing, life, 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 like so busy. Yeah. And coming to the, the West, you know, the West coast, the West side. He's West just like, side yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's like. I, you know, in Texas, it's like in some rural parts of that, I literally know people who whose lives were like this yeah <laughs> like oh i grew up in nothing texas and i loved every second it was amazing there was nothing yeah. to do i rode a horse <laughs> i did nothing right like i love it mm-hmm. i one thing that just made me think of was just the one of the things that they showed was there was a whole arc happening in the movie of as ben was recording every single interaction he was sending all the all the audio back to New York, back to basically his boss who was editing it together and was making the podcast for yeah. this. And one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was that the folder that they used to keep all of their, the audio files was titled just dead white girl. And it was so inhumane because it's not like, it's not like you're writing a fiction book. Or right. making up something random. It was su- this was be- this was happening, or this was based off of something in the movie that happened to a family and to a real person, and it they their title was "Dead White Dead Girl." Dead White Girl, yeah. And that's that really showed some inhumanity with with that. Not to say that all, yeah, all writers or all podcast makers, God forbid. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> are inhumane. Yeah, but um, that was just one part that that really stuck out to me. Like the name that they were planning—that was their first draft name for the show. Yeah, I loved when he changed the name to her name. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you noticed that he was the only one that changed the name, and they were still calling it Dead White Girl. Like yeah, the, the producer w- always called it Dead White Girl. Yeah, even when, uh, but he when he was recording, he was like, "This is." You know, I'm Ben, whatever, mm-hmm. and this is uh, I can't even remember the girl's name anymore. Abilene, Abilene. Shaw. Yeah. He was like, and this is Abilene. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to just change. Like, he came down to like the final draft of like this is going to be called Abilene, and they were still like, nah, it's dead white girl. That'll sell better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I I will say though, for how smart they wrote this movie, they just they were just so intellectual writing this movie. Mm-hmm. I think that gives us full permission to find like the little like. <laughs> I think this gives me this validates my point on finding one little problem that like has just been bugging me. We'll do this with every movie. <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, listen, man, when you write the movie so beautifully, like I'm not going to I couldn't write something that smart. Mm. So good. So good. But at the same time, I think you also should be OK with a little bit of like, how did these two things piece together, though? Because you were really good. Mm-hmm. How did like the what? Like they had everything covered in this movie. The only thing that I didn't get was how did he how did the brother get his phone number? Nobody knows the password to his her phone. Oh, you mean the passcode? So nobody knows the passcode to her phone. But also, you think, oh, well, maybe he just held the button and said, "Call Ben." Mm-hmm. It was the wrong Ben, right? And the phone came. The phone call came from an anon, an unknown number, like an anonymous. Oh, you mean at the beginning yeah, of the how movie? Did he, how did the brother get Ben's number? Oh, to make the original call yeah. for the <laughs> what? Yeah, that she died. Oh, I see what you're asking. I guess maybe he just looked them up on the internet. Like, is that just you think that that his number is just floating around <laughs> on the internet? Also, why is it an unknown number? Yeah, that's actually, what I, yeah. Like the more I thought about that, I was like, 
they never really. I guess maybe I maybe because I, I could see it. He he's a public figure. He's like a writer, and they do have photos of Ben up in the house. Yeah, so I guess maybe then they just looked it up. They that, could that look it up, but why would you make? Why would you call as an unknown number? To like, that is a weird point. Yeah, that that part I I. I started thinking about it on the way back to here, and I was just like, you know, back to the studio. Mm-hmm, back to the studio. And I and I thought about that. I was like, where did he get the number? I guess I guess I mean maybe maybe look maybe I'm looking too deep into it. Maybe that really was just they just looked up his number online, and he's a writer, so his number's out there. That's probably truly what happened. I could I could see that because yeah, there was a whole thing. There was a whole issue in the movie that that no one could access her. Her, her phone. No one could access Abilene's phone. So, huh. But then, but again, you would think, oh, just hold the button. Hey, Siri, you know, call this number or hey, uh-huh. whatever. But, like, even then, the number was wrong in her phone. Yeah, because she ben had put it's it. in her phone is not Ben. Right. So even if they did somehow just get the phone number off her phone, they had to get it from somewhere else. So maybe she had it saved somewhere or gave them his number. Or maybe they just looked him up. I think they might have just looked him up. That's probably what it is. That's one. Of, they probably couldn't think of how to explain that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I, they must have just looked him up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That 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 part was interesting to me. And then I started to think like deeper theory again, getting into theories. Yeah, absolutely. Now that I've heard so much of conspiracy theory talk, uh-huh. I started creating my own conspiracy. Of course, theory of course. Of maybe the brother knew the whole time what was going on. He just wanted to get. He just knew, get this writer in here, let's become famous. Because that's also kind of an underlying like bit in this whole movie. Everyone, everyone wants, everybody to, be wants to be famous. Everyone wants to be famous. So maybe he knew the whole time that if he just got him down there, they could come up with a really good story and become famous off of it. Because he, huh. cause maybe he did get the number from her phone and then just played it off as if he didn't know. And, mm-hmm. that, and maybe he knew the whole time that she was, because he knew the whole time that she was a, a pill popper. Yeah. The brother knew this mm-hmm. whole time. He just wanted. I, what did he say? He said he they just wanted. They he didn't want to tell Ben that they knew she actually was addicted to drugs. Otherwise, he may not have actually pursued it. I think you might be right that w- he was talking so heavily at the beginning about like they want to avenge her, but if you know that she was addicted to drugs and the story is that she overdosed, like. That's not unrealistic. It does, and I think you're right about the, there was a theme of everyone wants to be famous, too. That may have been an underlying theme with it. Yeah, because that that was the other thing, was like the sheriff, he was like, I can't help you. And then he was like, oh, it's okay, I was just for a podcast, a couple million people. And he took off his hat and was like. Yeah, because they were like, he's a politician, so he would he would absolutely give you the info that you Yeah, like everybody, you know, like anytime he mentioned, oh, I do a podcast or whatever, people were like. They finally perk an ear. That's another thing. So, uh, this boggled me, but I think this point makes it make sense because there's a part in the movie where, as like again, Ben is like a pseudo detective in this whole thing, and he's recording literally every conversation he's had or he's having. One of the conversations that comes up is with a cartel member. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Sancholo, and he's acting super tough right away. And then as soon as he's like, I just – I want to hear your take on if on what actually happened that night. You said it's your party. People are saying you, kill, you 
were with her when she died. And I found it very odd that a cartel member was like, sure, I'll have a one-on-one discussion with this random guy. And I think that justifies it more of like, oh, maybe he also cared about because he basically explains that like, no, he didn't kill her, but in order to become more powerful in the cartel, in his eyes, you have to have something like that under your belt. And so he basically confesses all this stuff to Ben yeah, and convinces Ben like, oh, this guy could not have done this. But I think he knew deep down because he was saying he was like, you know, if you're not the guy who didn't kill him, then I get killed. Mm -hmm. But I think part of him also just wanted to be the guy that was a part of the mystery, you know? Yeah. Like, I think he I think he enjoyed that deep down. Yeah. Because, you know, he he said he's like, nobody's ever cared about me. So I think this is like my one time to like make a name. Ah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You mean the you mean Sancholo? Yeah. 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 That was interesting. And and, and the brother, too, was very hell bent on like. We're going to get vengeance. But never once is he like the aggressor. Like he's not actually pursuing anything. Yeah, he's not. He got Ben really fixated on it instead. Yeah. So maybe he knew that if he could just enable Ben like that, Mm -hmm. it would help push them along to becoming famous. Yeah. And I think that adds on more. I, I, I think there may be more weight to this as well, because one of the things that's discussed in the movie is that again with the assumptions about people from these types of rural areas or like low population places the the assumption that a lot of people make is that they're either dumb and that's why they get into conspiracy theories and stuff but they talk about no they don't get into that because they're dumb it's actually that they're extremely smart and but in these areas there's no there's really no creative outlet for these smart people to really show that. Yeah. So what do they put their energy into? Uh, they eventually it comes into these ideas and conspiracy theories or into drugs and alcohol, which not to say that that is the case, but that is the point that the movie was making, Yeah. which I think adds to this theory that I think his name was Ty in the movie, the Ty, brother. Yeah, Ty. Um, Ty may have been a lot smarter than he was coming off as. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I th- I think I think truthfully, Ty knew that he just wanted to make a story out of it. Yeah, I think he just knew like, oh, this would be a really good story. Yeah, yeah, that is uh wow. Yeah, I think we just uncovered the mystery. Bj Novak, we did it. We understand your we film. We understand it. We understand. It took us a minute. We didn't have to watch a YouTube video to figure it out. Thank I'm you. convinced of this. Yeah, thank you for for <laughs> making a movie that wasn't too hard to understand, but hard enough to give me a little challenge. It know? was. It's a fun puzzle. Yeah, it's a fun it, puzzle. It's like you know, in video games, and you play on expert, and you have to look up the walkthroughs for everything. It's oh, like you that, feel where, like, where's the fun? Yeah, I I bought this, and now I just have to look up how to beat it. That's dumb. But I don't want people to know that I beat it on normal, so I'll play hard. I have to. I gotta get a little challenge. That's where you put this movie at. You did mm-hmm. that for me, and I like that. I will say, as his first movie, it's it's very well done. That he wrote, directed, produced, and acted in. Yeah, he basically did everything. Did I mean, everything. that's a lot of work. I was thinking about that, too. Like That kept coming up to my head. I was like, could you imagine somebody else's line? Like, Imagine you're reading a line to me in mm-hmm. my movie, and you say your line, and I just go, stop. I didn't like that. Do it again. <laughs> like, you know how, you know how, like, it's it's probably a different feeling from when the director is behind the camera or mm-hmm. offset and you're like, okay, me and you are feeling this scene right now. Right. But when the actor you're talking to and delivering the line to is also the one who's going to tell you to stop mid sentence, mm-hmm. that's got to be so, like, so much pressure. 
I don't know. You Maybe you know. Maybe you would know better than me. Well, I think it's more of like they will probably let them keep trying it or let them do the line or whatever, right? And then at the end of it, it's like that person you were just doing the line to is then going to break and be like, so how'd that feel? Or be like, so I have a couple notes based on what you were giving me kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, Because I don't think it's going to be like – a right away, like in your face, it depends on the director, but in your face of like, no, that was wrong. Redo it. Yeah. Um, because as, as the director and as an actor, I feel like you would being in the, th- in the thing, in the film and in the scene would give you m- a better idea of what needs to be done Yeah. because the one who's supposed to react and feel from the line being said is you. I guess so, yeah. And so... Yeah, you get a better idea to gauge how the scene is is flowing. Yeah. Because you're in it. I mean, you, you obviously, you're not going to see the shots and all, but I, I don't think that necessarily matters as much as the moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, as... Uh, I th- I think it's it's very well done. He, he... BJ Novak played into a character that I feel like was very similar to uh, Ryan from The Office, kind of that emotionless guy who's just kind of at the beginning of the film it, it felt like it was just ryan from the office it was ryan on crack yes yeah. and he's just like god the beginning of this movie was so funny because he shows up to this funeral and they all think that he's <laughs> she went to that he's her boyfriend but actually he was just a hookup and then they're like if ben it, come up and and say some words about her and it's like <laughs> It's the most awkward. She was something. She was something. Looks over and there's a guitar that they put under her picture. And and he's just like, she loved music. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what do you would you think you you would do that? Do you think that in real in real life in his shoes? Would you have flown to that funeral? I. uh, If I got a call, uh, if I was involved with if I hooked up with a girl. And then I got a call that she died, and they thought I was her significant other. Would I go out there? Mm. I I feel like it it'd be... And they think that you're like, again, same scenario. They think you're her boyfriend. They think that you are like the love of her life. I think it would be... It's... I feel like the family should know that that's not true. You know, because they're also they are going to pay for you to fly out from New York to Texas, which costs money and then put you up in their home. And like it, I think it'd be a weird conversation. But like, honestly, I feel like it'd be better to be like, I am so sorry. But whatever your daughter told you is not true. I just uh, I we hooked up. At one point, don't know why she's talking so much about me. I apologize. Like, uh, yeah. How about you? How would you react, Ricky? Um, I'm uh, I'm not as nice as you are. I guess I probably would have just said, "Ah, oh, that's crazy," <laughs> and then I probably would have like let them finish, <laughs> and then be like, "Cool, like go ahead and just send, like text me the dates. And I'll <laughs> see what I can do," and then I would block the number. Oh my gosh. that's what I would do if it was me. Because uh, it's an unknown number. Why are you so ominous? Like what? That's wh- true. What? That was ominous. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd be like, what did they say? Like, I'd be like, I, I mean, I, I, if they think that's what happened, I'm. You know what? To be fair, or I would lie and just say we broke up. 
<laughs> what is you know what is she uh, again this is the this is the bad part of me this is why i, I love being married because my wife keeps me in check <laughs> because if if i was if this was me truth be truthfully i would have just made up a lie <laughs> knowing that it will never be opposed because mm-hmm. the only other person to oppose me is not there mm-hmm. <laughs> like i would have just no well i think realistically too why are you answering the unknown number in the middle i'm of the not night. In the middle of the night, if I am called twice. I guess I'd probably answer. No, I'm turning the phone <laughs> off. Show I'd me. Answer it. I'd love it. Leave a voicemail if it's that big a deal. I'm not answering at three o'clock in the morning, and there's another woman in my bed right now. Yeah. Like I'm not answering. See, that's the drama in me. I'm answering. But Why? I, because I'm again. I like the drama. I like a little bit of spice in my life. I want to know what this call is. But okay, cool. so here's the <laughs> thing: it's an unknown number. They called twice, maybe three times, and, and sh- showing it's important. Uh, after the third time, they leave a voicemail. Okay, at that point, then I'll be like, "Okay, this is weird. I'm gonna listen to the voicemail." Not even that. I'm gonna look at the transcript that my iPhone has written <laughs> up for me about the voicemail. Because yeah. no, I'm not listening. Yeah. Uh, and then it's it's talking about funeral or stuff. I will then assume. This is a scam. This is a spam call. <laughs> and I will do nothing about yeah. it. That's how that story goes for me. Yeah. I probably would have never woken up, honestly. I could sleep through a lot. I do as well. I probably would have never woken up to the calls. Yeah. I uh, I, I, I thought it was good. I, it, that that was – I don't know. I just I thought, like, why would he – I guess – I don't know. Though, the other part of him probably went out there because he knew there could be some sort of story out of it. Maybe he just wanted to know, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a strange event to have happen, and which I I think was very interesting for the concept of a movie as well. Like a very, that's a very consistent thing happening in our culture with the or in our generation is hookup culture uh, and stuff like that. And so you meet a lot of different people, and that specific circumstance happening in the hookup culture is very interesting yeah. in how you deal with that. I think the fact he's a writer propelled the the fact that he actually picked up the call and then was like, sure, I'll come out. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, because I I think that may have also been the fact that we are not good. People are not good at dealing with conflict, too. And the man on the phone is crying. And it's like because I think he did try to tell him at first of like, I start, I was not with her. You, this, this is a misunderstanding that and then he also had another girl in the room with him now being like who who's that who are you talking to what other girl like yeah so much conflict in that moment and i guess it in that situation it may be easy to be like i'll no i don't want any conflict yeah. right now like <laughs> sure i also <laughs> want to go back to spirit. bed fly me on spirit i'll show up tomorrow <laughs> fine right, right he did say at the beginning of the call he said it's the worst phone call you're ever going to get in your life and mm-hmm. I, I think it was true i mean it changes it's probably bad for a little while that may have been more adding on to that ty knew what he was doing yeah though because yeah. what an ominous way to yeah. to start a call yeah. to start the call about which uh, is where I thought the horror movie was going to start. Because <laughs> all I knew about this movie going... We didn't even say that. All we knew about this movie going into it. The only thing I knew was that AMC has it listed as suspense. It's not. It's not. It's not, not suspense, suspense at all. It's just a story. It's mm-hmm. just a good story. And it, I, I don't even know if I'd give it a, a... I guess a 
investigation or like I a have no movie? idea what to like a categorize a crime drama, but crime it's drama? not really that much. It's listen, I, yeah, I mean, that category. I don't know. I, I'm not even a huge fan of like putting the category. So I, I thought it was just a story that was great. I thought this was like this was a really. It, it's kind of almost just making fun of like modern day documentaries because it's all just In a way, crime yeah. drama. It's all just crime documentaries and mur- who did the murder. Yeah, and this was just a movie kind of like kind of making fun of it but also capitalizing on a really easy target like i and i mean like there wasn't much there was the plot twist that like abeline like she did just straight up overdose and it was that simple yeah. but there was the secrecy about living a life like that right. where she did have someone listed as ben as a contact in her yeah. phone and it was her dealer, Ashton Kutcher, um, the man. So really, I don't, I don't even think it's that much of like a crime drama because a crime drama implies that you're trying to, re- like, really uncover what's going on. I did not feel like they were doing that most of the movie. No, and we pretty much knew most of the movie was actually just learning about the place and then also falling in love with the recordings that are left behind of a person, yeah. which. I think is what we were talking about at the beginning. That's really the heart of the movie. I think is that a lot of us are going. This is a really just somber episode of this. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it it really is. It's like because you think about it, he he literally hung out with this girl multiple times. He had mm-hmm. he had. Please censor this. <laughs> sexual intercourse. How dare you? The, nobody will ever hear hear what I said. <laughs> nobody will ever hear it. But he had those kind of relations with her and did not care one bit about who she was as a person. He literally yeah. had her phone, her name in her phone as Texas. Mm-hmm. So I think it really does show you that it's like, but then when it became mystery, it became a story. He fell in love with her. Like He just started falling in love with the idea of the story that he could get out of her. And they did a really good job. I, it's it. This film I think the more I ponder it is truly heartbreaking, um, but really brings you back to like some important truths in life. Um, and they talk about this at the beginning too, of like there is such separation between people. This is the very first scene in the movie, because everything we do is distanced from e- distanced from each other. And the there's a separation of time. And that even when we start a conversation now you can text someone hi and then they may respond over the phone in two hours and it's an entirely they're having conversation at a different time than you and it's this just bizarre yeah. it's a bizarre situation that we're all in now. So there's <laughs> such a disconnect between people all the time and this kind of leads into like ghosting and dating culture. We don't s- a lot we don't see other people as people that much anymore. And I think that's one of the truths of uh, what they were kind of getting at with hookup culture was that this guy was did not care at all about these people. Nope. And then when he had a chance to actually learn about them, it's sad. That was a person. That was a real person who real was trying to reach out and care about you. Yep. And you said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was good. I, <laughs> I have a I have a thing. Okay. 
I told you I had a favorite part in the movie. Yes, and I told you to save it for right now. Very underwhelming favorite part. Okay. But I really liked it because it felt really realistic. Mm-hmm. When he shot Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> he missed the first bullet. Yes. And I thought for a second, I was like, that's actually probably so realistic. Mm-hmm. That this dude who literally even talks about in the movie of like, why do you even have guns? Like, why? Like, why? Like, what's the purpose of having the guns? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we don't like own guns. We just got guns for shooting, fun guns for, you know, all <laughs> guns. like the fact that he missed the first bullet. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense that this guy from New York, who's just a podcaster, like who's never used a gun before, yeah, like never like, held it, like unironically, like podcasts as a full time career job, which mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe that sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> Uh, AMC, AMC yeah, AMC, if you're hearing this, we would love to be uh, BJ. There are two, there's two sponsorships I want. There's AMC and there's Chili's. That's a different note. That's Go a on. different note. <laughs> Chili's will never harsh you. Uh, AMC, step it up. Um, yeah, when he missed, I don't know why I liked that scene, but when he missed the first shot and Ashton Kutcher just kind of looks at it, that like in that moment, like I thought that I was like, you know, like David, do you think you could hit somebody? Like, could you think you could actually shoot me from this close? If you were aiming for, like, my head? I mean, in the head specifically, we are, like, five feet from each other right now. Maybe a little, maybe, like, six or seven. But, like, I I don't think it would be that hard if I'm, like... I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's never shot a gun, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's the thing I liked. I I did like that part. He just misses the first one. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought to myself, I was like, that seems a little bit more realistic of like the perfect headshot kill. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like most movies it would have been like he had the cool form, and then the second like the thought of like, do I kill this person? And then it was just, nah, I'm gonna do it. And then it's the perfect shot. He knew like he missed. And then the yeah. second shot, it was in a spot that no, like I would don't think anybody ever has once tried to aim. the neck like that. Like that's not a spot that you just aim for. <laughs> no, that was definitely by, a by luck. Well, I mean, I think after you could see the shock on his face that they actually pulled the trigger too, of like, oh, I just shot and you're alive still. Yep. I have to commit to I this. I have to commit and just to this. Like, okay, Again. just get a shot in. Yeah, and it was the neck first, and then I really liked the. I thought it was cool. They shot through the cowboy hat into Ashton Kutcher's skull, and then blood was coming out of the hole in the hat. And that one he got close to for. Like yes. He got, he got closer to hit that shot. Yeah. And I think that shot, it wasn't necessarily like the final kill. I think that was more so, oh, he's kind of suffering. Mm-hmm. And just kind of put him out because he was like choking on his own blood. Yeah. I think that was kind of like him just putting him out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that was meant to be some sort of like, I'm the hero shot. I think he just genuinely was like, Oh, I should just finish this dude off. Like, yeah, that, that is, that is very true with it. I probably, I feel like I might miss as well. I've never shot a gun. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying like, <laughs> like really think about if you could hit that shot from like in that moment, in that intensive a moment, I'm building up, I'm going to kill somebody. I missed the first shot. <laughs> the like, only thing I can really relate to with it was, of like shooting something was like I played paintball when I was like <laughs> 12 or 13 and those are hard when you're a kid too like I had such a I had such an idea in my head of how this how paintball was gonna go which was like I've played Call of Duty I'm a pro at that yeah like this is gonna be the same thing and I'm gonna kill everyone and it's like you are in there and it's like 
you feel like you're about to die. <laughs> yep. And every shot is hurting your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, you're pressing like, I hate into this. you. I hate this. Yeah. And then like someone's running by, all your shots missed. Yep. And then out of nowhere, someone shoots you, and you're like, "How did anyone actually hit me?" I probably would have missed Ashton Kutcher as well. <laughs> Why would have never shot at Ashton Kutcher first? And no, absolutely. If not. Ashton Kutcher was sitting in front of me. I, the first thing I'm doing is not shooting him. I will say, B.J. Novak, you gave Ashton Kutcher some really solid monologues. Oh, my god! Every word that came out of Ashton Kutcher's oh. mouth in this movie, beautiful. Dude, that, that we didn't even talk about his performance. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, his performance was so good. That's the thing, man. Like, I thought when I saw Ashton Kutcher, I thought, what dumb role is this dude going to have in this <laughs> movie? Because that's usually what happens is, like, these big-name actors, they come into a role for, like, a little bit, and they try to be outspoken. And it usually never works. Mm-hmm. His role worked so well. I it forgot when he was monologuing that that was Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. I, he really did a good job of stepping into the shoes of that person. Oh, my I think. gosh. They made him look like Pedro Pascal. He's on his Pedro Pascal arc. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. That was su- everything with him. And he's not in the movie that much. He's got, like, three oh, no. scenes. Um, and they were just really solid. And uh, said B.J. Novak specifically because he wrote it and the the monologues in this movie. I just think that the writing was very well done. Like yeah. the dialogue specifically was really solid. I would love to know if Ashton Kutcher had a hand in writing his own lines because because he's a pretty deep thinker like that as well. Like he sometimes he can go off onto like weird tangents like mm-hmm. that. So I wonder if he if the two of them sat down together and were like, let's write this together, or if B.J. Novak wrote all of that. I would not be surprised if they got if some of the bigger names in this movie actually like worked together on it because that's usual. That's what I. Th- I think happens well, with small, these. Yeah, it's a small film. Yeah, with I mean. these smaller films, um, they're just trying to make something happen, and I think that's why, like, the movie ended up being very like existential, like with all of these really deep cuts and these real these intense truths to it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like if they. It depends on how B J Novak directs, really. Yeah. If he was willing to let the others. Uh, speak up but i think that's probably why they signed on to a film like that too is yeah. because they get some freedom to actually step into the role you know yeah i think uh i mean i mean i don't know of anything he's probably written and direct he may have done something between but i'm pretty sure that this is like the first thing he's done all together because i know he did some episodes of the office as well yes he was yeah. a, he was a writer right for like i think so the second like half of the show that happens i've noticed that happens with a lot of TV shows for uh, characters or actors that end up becoming regulars. Um, you start seeing, at least towards the end of the show, in the credits, it's like, yeah, BJ Novak did this. I'm finishing Better Call Saul right now. And it's like, yeah, Bob Odenkirk produced this one. Yeah. And Rhea Seahorn, who's his co star, uh, she directed this one. Yeah. Like, it's the. It's the second to last episode and she directed wow that's great yeah it's like they're putting their passion into it because they've they've done this role like that's how that's when i really can start to appreciate something so much deeper because they're putting it in they're putting them into it like it's not it's not they're just directing some movie or some show this is something that's defined me as who i am yeah so and i think that also comes from like there are actors that and we see it a lot that actors that eventually are like i want to make the thing i want to actually be involved more so um 
Scarlett Johansson is starting to have that kind of role with Marvel as well. Like that is something that there's a lot of actors that start to do that. And I think when you have been become established in a role that you know how it's going to go, you have a better opportunity or a better possibility of being like, can I have a hand in this? Like, can I try this? And pe- people will be like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. And they're probably helping you through it. Like, and then they get it on their, on their credits of like, yes, I did produce something. I did direct something like, did the same thing with Ozark. I did that, yeah. Like, uh, man. But Ozark. I think it's up to Ooh. the actors that want to try that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that, that's a, it's a cute, good point. I think, I think, uh, if you feel good about it, I feel good about it. Do you have any other points? I just, we didn't really go into like the plot that much. I don't really know how I feel about if this is a good movie or not truthfully. Yeah. The plot, I mean, it kind of does. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you there. It's like, I like the idea of maybe there's a murder. Maybe there's more to this because how many times do you like, they're really, but it's truthfully like she just was, she just OD'd. Yeah. That's the hard truth is like, she just OD'd because she was, you know, addicted to pills. Yeah. But like, that is true. We wrote, we all write a narrative to try to make things more relatable and more understandable. Mm-hmm. But in reality, she just she's just addicted to drugs. Yeah, I there's no one to blame. You don't blame Ashton Kutcher because Ashton Kutcher, yes, he let her OD and didn't help. But also, he's a drug dealer. Like what? Like mm. you can't pin that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can pin him for selling for selling the drugs. But and Bj Novak, you know, again, somebody who she thought. But in reality, like at first you feel bad because BJ Novak is the one that made her. He thinks he's the one who made her like this because she was investing time into him. Mm-hmm. When in reality, she was just using him as like a cover up. For yeah. Drugs. Yeah. So it's like, you know, at, that, at the end of the day, she was just a junkie. Who just yeah. OD'd on it. And they talk about too, like the mom said a really heartbreaking thing towards the end of the movie of like, I don't think anyone does drugs for no reason they do it because there's 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 pain like such as caring about someone who does not care about you and but ultimately like what's interesting what i think is the most prominent about this movie is the the reminder to the audience of this is this is the inhumanity that a lot of us live in now and we don't think about how we affect others and we don't think about how people actually care about us um or how i am caring about other people and i think the biggest takeaway from the movie is a really important reminder of that and how critical it is but would i recommend this movie to people i don't know because really it didn't it wasn't the plot really wasn't that interesting the characters were the dialogue was yeah dialogue was good, but the plot itself it wasn't amazing to me. It was just good. It was good storytelling, is what it was. Yeah. So I I, I personally know. like I enjoyed it, but I don't know. Like I don't I I honestly don't know if it's better than like Crawdads. Whoa! You don't whoa! Like I don't because this might be. A controversial one because I, I know you said you really liked this. I, I enjoyed it, but it's like it. 
you get the truth from it, but the story itself don't you don't need to sway your no, opinion I, on it. No, I've I've been sitting on a number. Okay. <laughs> uh, what about you? What are you thinking? Let's pull the. I'm gonna pull the banana meter. Yeah, in here. put it in here. All right, it's shining. It's, it's yeah, glimmering. I see it. It's golden. Mm-hmm. You have that little minion holding it up in the air. Yes, we love him, Bob. Which, by the way, at the end of the movie, we were walking out the theater and heard the minions playing in another theater. Oh, wanted to go in oh, so bad. We almost went in. So we almost just, went in. We should have. We own the theater, basically. We, we do 10%. own the theater. They think us every movie, except yeah. for Vengeance. Except for today. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that, that maybe that's why you're so salty about the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get thanked. You didn't get the proper introduction. If they sponsored us, maybe I'd be different. We about get it. the one popcorn, the one soda. <laughs> we get the Vibrite, put the headspace on, you know, get in the right headspace. Uh-huh. I get thanked. I enjoy my movie. That's right. You, they threw you off today. Um, <laughs> see, I, yeah, I, I'd agree with you on. It's a pretty weak, not weak. It's it's a, it's an okay plot. It's a, it's a good plot. It's it's like um. I mean, we've gone over it so many times. It, it's kind of making fun of just modern day things. Mm-hmm. It kind of pokes at that a little yeah. bit. Uh, I loved the storytelling though. I really think that they put such enjoyable characters out there that. I don't know if I'd, I that's, I, that's where I struggle is like, I enjoyed the characters a lot and I really liked the dialogues they all had together. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the little brother was just so funny. Like he was just a good, a good little wholesome character. Just yeah. Little dude, you know? Um, but I'm also thinking like how you're thinking, like would I recommend this and would I watch it again? Yeah. The answer for me, I would recommend this movie to watch because solely for the, intent of the writing like if i know mm. somebody genuinely enjoys watching storylines not necessarily like action or anything like that yeah if you enjoy a good story it's a good story it's mm. a fun they, it's a good storytelling um what you're not gonna get is like action suspense like it was sold yeah <laughs> it's it's just a good wholesome movie little mm-hmm. family in there uh if i had to plug it in to the banana meter mm-hmm you <laughs> said you had a number go for it yeah well you know obviously every movie starts at 100 because <laughs> but as of now it's the perfect movie <laughs> i had to duck it a few points for the not getting thanked <laughs> um there was something early on too that i i, I said I, oh the lid the lid yeah the straw lid to my drink was broken it seemed it, like, like they may as well together. have sealed I it had yeah to, i had to slam it through my lid my straw through my lid to well, get you it said minus two points on that minus I know two that, points yeah. there Minus, minus ten. Honestly, for the not thanking me, that was a big deal. It's a big deal. You've already put it into like. So we're B. already at a a maximum of an eighty three. Yeah, but the popcorn buckets are back. They are back. At least at our local theater, we went to a different theater and they had it there. So, popcorn buckets back. I'm back up two points. Okay. Now I'm gonna plug in the movie with those penalties. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give it like an eighty. Oh, <laughs> I like an 83. I like where that's sitting. 83. I like 83. So you really liked this movie. I thought it was really good. I, I would recommend it. I, I, yeah, I'm going to stand by it. I like it. I, I liked the movie. I would probably watch it again, to be honest with you. Okay. I love a good movie. That's like not let more than two hours. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make your movie over two hours, it better be so good. I appreciated that it was succinct. We didn't really go into some of the the plot points with the movie because it felt it felt slow. It felt directionless to me at times, and that's like since we didn't get into that, I'm gonna sound like a, 
a very cynical person with my uh, <laughs> my rating of this movie. That's okay. That's why uh, we even it out. And that, the, yes, an average banana. Because I, the dialogue was inter- was very interesting and I think well done, but I I don't think that holds up to like, it felt random at parts. Some of the stuff didn't make sense watching it. Um, I don't know it. A, a movie that the biggest takeaway is just some existential truths. I would recommend it solely on that as a good reminder. But other than that, is that a reason for it being a, a good movie? That's that's my dilemma right now. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, I see it. I mean, that's the thing, you know. We're, we're, we're professionals at our opinions. I guess we're <laughs> professionals. Yeah, we're definitely not winging it. I will say, okay, I have the number in my head. I'm going to stick to it. Just I, do it. I feel like... Put it out there. I did mine. Look, if you, if, if you disagree with me, go ahead and... Uh, tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at, at us. And Dave. only Ricky will see it. He'll tell you why he's right and I'm wrong. Uh, David will never see it. I'll and never so see if your opinion is leaning towards his side, uh, <laughs> get blocked. <laughs> yeah, get blocked. Uh, and if you're leaning towards my side, easy follow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to give it a 65. Whoa! I, I really I. Oh man! I think it's a it's a very it's Ooh. a, and I think that's still a strong movie for someone directing, writing, producing, acting in it. I think he did an awesome job with that. I do think there's, I I just don't think the plot was fully there, and I don't know how I if I would really recommend it to people. Wow. Mm-hmm. This there is, a, it is uh, that's a significant difference between us yeah, right so now. Yeah, so sixty-five, eighty-three. Yes. I'm trying to do quick maths in my head. Yeah, you do that, and I will plug it into the banana meter, which will now uh, give me the average. What seventy? Oh, okay. Seventy-four. That's right. Yeah, seventy-four. So yeah. that is a seventy-four for the banana meter, which I will say. <laughs> It's still higher than Crawdads. Crawdads, still actually. Still higher than Crawdads. So it did come out. Do I out. like it more than Crawdads? We got to base every movie after Crawdads. Do I like it more? Yeah, I liked it more than the Crawdads. I, I, I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think if I had to choose to watch Crawdads or this movie, I would watch this movie in a heartbeat. I, I liked Crawdads. <laughs> I liked Crawdads. We oh, had a good time. No, we David, were, we can't go back. <laughs> we were upset about the characters. Your, we were authentically mad. Sits at a sixty-nine. It stays there. No takes. I'm not changing that. I'm not changing that. You get one taxi backsies a year. <laughs> Are you going to use it now? No, I'm not taking <laughs> I'm not taking it back. I'm just my rating of Vengeance was lower, okay? No, it's so. good. I definitely don't like the title of this movie, Vengeance. I think it's kind of weird. It's weird. I I think a, a better title could have fit. And, and and I read on there on uh, IMDb that you know, the official movie database. Of course. Uh I read that B.J. Novak, literally the reason why the movie was called Vengeance is because he went to a film festival and saw the word Vengeance on a poster, and he thought, how cool would it be if I had a movie called Vengeance with my face on it? Yeah, it feels kind like... Kind of a weak... Kind of a weak reason for that. Yeah, I mean, also, B.J. Novak, like, again, I couldn't do what you did. Oh, You, you yeah. wrote a great movie. You're a great writer. Please write more. Mm-hmm. I would love it. Uh, you're not that guy, though. You're not the guy for the face of a poster with the title Vengeance. I'm I, thinking Ben Affleck. I, I don't think that this was the right movie for that kind of name. No. I don't. This was a very heartfelt movie. Uh, and so Vengeance, that's, it's like dark. That's a, yeah, that's a deeper movie. You yeah, know? it would have been cool if it was maybe like her name or something. Yeah. 
Or if it was just called Oklahoma City. Yeah, but I guess maybe with Vengeance, it adds some mystique to what is this movie about, which is the same thing that they did with Nope, you know, of like, what is this movie really about? Um, yeah. So maybe, but I Ooh. don't think it would have been cooler if your name was on a poster for a movie called Vengeance that was like you got to be a truly crazy person or whatever. Like, yeah, if it was like Taken. Yeah. Like if Taken was called Vengeance, I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's dope. That's yeah. awesome that you did that. But this one, yeah, this this could have been called something else. But that's okay. Maybe Dead White Girl. That would have been funny. <laughs> That'd have been a good title, just <laughs> "Dead White Girl." <laughs> oh my gosh, the, the I mean, it would have worked. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we, we we plugged it in. We plugged it. My in. eighty-three. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to sixty-five. I. You know, the more I think, the more I have different opinions. But I'm gonna plug <laughs> Is your it rating in. Rating lowering? I don't know. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was a fun time. Uh. I really did like the writing. I don't know what it is. I think he's just he's so good at writing movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story, the plot, you're right. The plot was kind of generic. I do want to know about that brother. What was going on there and like why he was keeping that a secret that she was a pill popper? Yeah. I I do feel like we caught we caught on to something that, that they were hinting at. That feels very justified to me the but, the reasoning we came up whew. with. Uh, well, I think that's it. I think that's it for this movie. The first disagreement. <laughs> it's not a disagreement. It's just Where we have a difference in opinion. And that's there fine. will not be a next episode <laughs> unless you agree with me now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, over. Yeah, that that. Wow. Yeah, that's funny. We joked about that. We said you know our ratings just kept going up, but we knew it had to fall eventually. I think it. I I think for me, I have such a. I, I am so inclined to, like, a good story, you know, like a good plot line. Everything makes sense. Like, I am very – if that does not add up for me, then I start to get upset yeah. about the movie. Not that I'm upset about it. Yeah. But that is something to me that is extremely important. I think if you want to see something that's going to really make you feel and you're going to hear some hard truths that you yeah. can relate to – then it's a solid movie to go see. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what I'm trying to hint at is like I don't really like the plot as much as I like the the characters they put in this world, and yeah. the stories that they have, or mm-hmm. the stuff that they say. Yeah, that's what I enjoyed. So, um, I'm fine with that opinion. You're allowed. Wow. To, you're 70, allowed to have that. What do we say? Seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. I think you know what I like that rating. It's a good rating. I'm happy I went too. higher and you went low because I actually could sit on a seventy four. I like that's a fair. That's a fair. I think so as well. I think. You know what? What? Let me look at something. Oh, okay. Let me see. <laughs> the official IMDb rating No. is actually a 7.3. Is it really? So we're pretty much the That's majority the of people. Oh, my God. We should just be doing the rating. This is perfect. <laughs> this is an accurate show. I mean, this is an accurate review show. This star, is perfect. From a 1 to 10 scale of stars, that's pretty lame. Obviously, the banana meter. The is banana meter, meter has more truth to it. So it's uh, it's 74, not 7.3 yeah. stars. You can't, you can't limit something so beautiful into 10 points. It's got to be 100 <laughs> banana. We are going to end it there. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to Straight Dude Date Night. Um, if you enjoyed and you want to support us further, uh, be sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if you can review us on Spotify. I think Apple Podcasts is the big one. Um, yeah. And also follow us on Twitter. Uh, what is it? At Dude Dates. Yeah, follow us at Dude Dates. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think about the show. Tell your friends about it. Um, this was a 
in, I I know this episode's going to come out much later, but this was a very big week for us as this was the we just posted our first episode uh, this past Monday, and we are very happy that people can listen and enjoy this with us. And so we thank you, and your comments are always appreciated, and we hope you are enjoying. Uh, do you have anything anything I missed on that before we go, David? Oh. I know we may have disagreed, <laughs> but you know what I can't agree on? What? The time I had with you was enjoyable. Always. We didn't get thanked, but I'll oh. thank you personally. Thank you for being you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting me, supporting you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being an A-list member. That's what I needed. That's what I needed, and thank you for being an A-list member. Always and forever, <laughs> we're in each other's entourage, and we'll never leave it. We're never leaving We're the never entourage. leaving. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Goodbye.